challenges won't stop me. It's a strength and resilience mindset. Let me tell you, it's not ignoring the difficulties in your life. Just look at it as a journey of seeing opportunities in the challenges and discovering who God intends for you to be. Whether it's host Melanie Brown's motivational messages or it's courageous women sharing the strategies and habits they utilize when navigating those unexpected turns. You can expect to become equipped and empowered to fight to overcome any challenge that dares to cross your path. The goal? Building and maintaining a challenges won't stop me mindset. Let's go. Welcome to the Challenges Won't Stop Me podcast. I am so grateful you've chosen to listen to today's episode. Imagine if you will, slowly losing your sight in your early 30s. Maybe you've never thought about the gift that eyesight is. I know I take it for granted. My guest today, Heidi McGill, was diagnosed with a progressive eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa when she was 31 years old. As you can imagine, Heidi was angry with God about losing her sight. She grieved all that she would miss seeing in the future with her two daughters and her husband. Yeah, she was angry, but I can't wait for you to hear how her outlook changed. Heidi and her husband Bob, who loves adventures, just recently celebrated their 31st wedding anniversary. Remember COVID? Yeah, none of us like to think about it, but it was a time when each of us had the opportunity to try some new things, and Heidi tried writing. And since then, she has published three historical Christian novels and three contemporary romance novellas. You can learn more about Heidi at HeidiGrayMcGill.com. What I love about Heidi is that this girl is not letting her sight loss stop her. In fact, in 2019, she traveled to China with her white cane being her only traveling companion. That took a lot of courage. Please join me for my conversation with Heidi McGill. Welcome to the show, Heidi. I have been looking forward to hearing your story. It is my pleasure to be here, Melanie. Thank you. Tell me about the challenges that you faced several years ago. Well, Melly, it's an exciting story, actually, because I've watched myself walk through something that I never dreamt I would be able to. And when I say walk through, sometimes that means falling. I am <laughs> um, I'm a, a mom of two. And when those girls were born um, during that gestation process, I just had an issue with my hormone count going up really high. And my doctors said to me, something is not right. But as a Christian, I believed that God was going to take care of every detail. And I birthed these healthy children. And the doctors were surprised. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. But that's actually not my story. The story is what happened because of those hormones. Those kicked off something in my body. And I started losing my eyesight, but I didn't realize that that's what was happening until my girlfriends said to me, Heidi, 
you are just falling. I think maybe you have MS. We need to figure this out. So I went to the doctor and uh, they said, nothing's wrong with you. You are perfectly healthy. Well, we moved and I went to a new doctor and that doctor said to me, I've got this new machine. It's called a visual field. And it will just, I just really want to try it out on you. And I said, great. So we tried it and she came back floored. In 2001, been diagnosed with an eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa. And at that point, I had lost all but 20% of my peripheral vision. And as far as the South Carolina uh, guidelines for blindness, that qualified. So at that point, I was considered truly legally blind. And I was also diagnosed with night blindness, which meant I truly walked into a room and it looked like night to me. Uh, whereas you could walk into a restaurant and immediately follow the uh, waitress to your table. I walk in and I see nothing. So I really do have to hold on to an arm. It has been a journey, an absolute journey, but one that I have been able to overcome. I will not allow those challenges to defeat me. Uh, I also will not allow those challenges to define me. And so Amen. this timing has been something this 20 plus years now. The girls were born in 97 and 98. I was diagnosed in 2001. I turned in my license in 2011. And today I am using a white cane, although most times I am with a friend. And so I let them be my seeing eye person. Wow, there is a lot to unpack here. I mean, you went through that in a whirlwind. Yes. And I'm grateful because there there are so many details I'm sure you could share, but I would like to jump in in some of those details. When the doctor said that when you were pregnant, that there could be concerns with your pregnancies and then you had your children, did you just kind of put that to the back of your mind? Like, oh, he didn't know what he was talking about. Most certainly I did. I actually, rather than he didn't know what he was talking about, I really said, you know what, God? It's absolutely possible that my high hormone count that should have said my children had Down syndrome was totally you. And I'm just yeah. going to trust you through it. Yes. So did you have any other symptoms during those years of your children when they were young? Uh, for my eye loss, are you asking? Yes. I am just a klutzy person by nature. And so for the normal person, uh, that would have been a pretty key thing. But I run into door frames all the time. Anyway, they just jump out at me. Um, oh and so, yes. And so I do think that um, I did not truly notice that something was going on just because my natural bent is to be clumsy. That's so interesting. You did say something, and I don't recall exactly the wording, but you said that things had started to change, but you didn't really notice it. However, your friends did. What were those things now looking back in hindsight that were happening that you kind of overlooked, but they noticed? Yes. So the first thing was tripping and falling. Because I only had at that point 20%, if you put a pair of toilet tube tissue holders over your eyes, you realize that you can see really well through the tube and see um, straight ahead but you can't see down to your feet unless you literally tip your head fully down to be able to see through those tubes. Like same thing with binoculars. And so I was very frequently missing steps, 
um, change where from flooring to carpeting, uh, those small things I would miss. Uh, but the biggest factor was we had gone Christmas caroling and I ran smack dab into a tree as in full face on. I'm sorry, and, I don't mean to yeah, laugh. Know, that's please. Funny. It is. It is. It's truly okay to laugh because I laughed. That's my response as well. And that's when my girlfriends finally said, this is not right, Heidi. This You didn't even see that tree. And they were actually the catalyst to get me to, to see my medical doctors. Okay. I know when I was finally diagnosed at 45 with something that had started at age two, I was actually relieved because I knew that I had faced all of these years of challenges and kept saying, hello, something's going on and somebody tell me what it is and how do we treat it? How did you react to that diagnosis? Now, that is a great question because I think that's the majority of what people go through. Uh, they've been sick for a long time and someone finally says, you have lupus or you have a child that is struggling and they finally say, it's this. And you go, thank you. It's not just me. That yes. was the opposite for me. I had no forewarning. And so when I was told, I was angry. And I, I never did really go through the denial phase. It was too evident at that point. But I was angry not only with God, but I was angry with everyone else because they could not figure out if I am legally blind, why can I still see? Mm. And they wouldn't understand when I would knock my drink over at the table or I would drop something on the floor and not be able to find it or run into something that was on the floor, a backpack my children left. I just never saw it. And I just lived in an angry state. Wow. How did you process through that to get to the place now where you're not okay with it, but you're accepting of it? I'm so glad you asked me that because this is my story. I was furious with God. I yelled at God, told him, he was not being fair. It was not right that I would have to go through this. And I let him know that in no uncertain terms, how in the world did he think I was going to manage this? Mm. It was a huge change in my heart. I went from, I just want to see my children grow up. I want to see them graduate. I want to see them get married. I want to see my grandchildren. Are you telling God all of these things? And I remember specifically, I was sitting at a little desk that I had, and I did not hear God's voice, but I felt this absolute peace come over me. And it was as if I was telling myself, Heidi, you do not have to see your children graduate from high school. Being there is what they need. You do not have to see the people that they marry. You're going to know their heart. You don't have to see your husband playing with your grandchildren. You're going to be able to hear the love in his voice. And God reminded me that it didn't matter if I had my, my sight or not. It's all about the heart. Oh my, it was a totally transformational thing. And I can't say it happened overnight, but something that changed uh, in my daily walk of what I did was before I would put my feet on the floor in the morning, I would lay in bed and I would think of one thing that I could be thankful for. And I started finding those things that I could choose joy with. 
And I would just sometimes tell myself, just choose joy, just choose joy, figure something out, just choose joy. And that became a time where I would lay in bed until my body finally said, oh, you need to get up. (laughs) And because I would find so many things to be thankful for and joyous for. And my mantra then became, choose joy. I love that. And I love that you're being vulnerable enough to share that you are angry with God and that you yelled at him and he can take it. Absolutely. He can. If we read the Psalms, it's clear that he can take it because David and the other Psalm writers were like screaming and yelling and fussing at him. And why can't you and all those things? And I think that it's very healthy. What you described is I'm angry at you, God. But what that says to me is that your faith, that underlying faith that you have is your foundation. And while something very challenging happened to you, you weren't necessarily blaming God. You were just saying, you know, I don't understand this. How am I supposed to navigate going forward? And he didn't change your situation. Right. But he changed your heart. Yes. And that's something that I think a lot of people, I know myself included, we often go in prayer saying, change this situation, this circumstance, get rid of this challenge. And there's plenty of examples in the Bible where he doesn't change anything about their situation. He changes their heart or he strengthens them or he gives them uh, an amount of peace. And you mentioned peace and joy that we need in order to continue to move forward. Right. And that's how we get through or overcome those challenges. It's not that the challenge goes away. Absolutely. You are, you just hit the nail on the head. The challenge doesn't go away and it doesn't matter what your circumstances. It does matter how you address it and how you hit it head on. Yes. And your mindset, because that's, that's what you are referring to, I'm using the word mindset, but you're referring to you're waking up in the morning and you're saying, I'm choosing to be grateful. That's a mindset. Correct. I, I think that's what has given you, that's what God is giving you strength through is it's changing your perspective and reminding you of all the wonderful things that are in your life that still remain and will remain despite that you are going to face a challenge for the rest of your life. Most certainly. And it helps me with my future challenges. Yes, absolutely. I love gratitude. I think it is a perspective that really, it sounds kind of cliche or goofy. You know, how could that possibly do anything? If you practice it at all, it is powerful. What you see and how you perceive the things that happen in your life. So I I love that you start your day with that. And I can see how that sets you up for positive outlook rather than focusing on your struggle because it would be easy to do that. Absolutely. And you know, another thing that you just mentioned, the setting you up for the other things that come your way. There are times when a new situation will show up that I will say, oh, this is not what I had planned. But because I have had the habit of choosing joy, yes, it is not necessarily easy for me to accept it. It is easier 
for me to walk through it. Amen. I love that. So tell me about the challenges that you have faced in navigating this new life and how you've overcome them. I can definitely do that. (laughs) So um, I would say the first thing that changed was my pride. I Mm -hmm. had to overcome my pride, asking people for help, no longer driving and asking people to get me where I needed to go, trying to explain to people that, yes, I can see my plate in front of me. You don't have to say peas at two o'clock, but I can't figure out where my salad fork is. It's out of my line of sight. Finding friends who um, were not embarrassed when they ran me into a pole because they weren't paying attention and being able to laugh. That's actually a challenge to overcome right there. Oh my goodness. Giving other people grace. Oh my goodness. I can tell you so many stories. And in the book that I just wrote, Dialy for Endearment, I actually put some of those stories into that book. Um, they They are true things that happened to me. Another thing that I had to overcome with pride was when I knew it was time to use a white cane. Mm. In 2017, I have a girlfriend in China. She invited me to come and be with her for an additional week. I'd already been once and had a marvelous time, but I thought I need to go again. But I, at that point, was down to 10% peripheral vision. I do not have a seeing eye animal. um, And I knew that I was going to need this white cane. And so I contacted my local um, Metrolina Association for the Blind, and I asked them for assistance. I will say that that was probably the hardest, most frightening thing that I have ever experienced. It was by far the most embarrassing. You can sloth off running into one doorframe and say something uh, that those doorframes just jump out at me all the time. It's another thing to have your white cane and be walking around your neighborhood, practicing with a blindfold on and knowing your neighbors are looking out their doors. And, um, and then the next day, them seeing you walk without it. There are times when I say to myself, how do I live this, what feels like a double life? I am able to navigate within my own home, within my own church. However, they just changed things up. And so I got stuck the other day and somebody had to come grocery store. They change the grocery store all the time. And I can't navigate that with my vision. I, I, I do Aldi very well. And that's about it. Uh, but I did have to figure out how to help people understand. And I really have to say that was a very difficult challenge because not everyone has a mindset of grace. Uh, There are some people who are just bent in the direction of, and thank the Lord for them, to be not critical, but logical and detail-oriented. And they want to understand things. They don't take things at face value. And helping that person understand what I'm going through uh, takes 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 some effort. I can imagine. Pride wasn't the only thing that I had to overcome. I also had to overcome my own self. You know how you get in a rut and you are just doing things just because that's how you always do them? That wasn't how I could manage anymore. I had to be specific. I had to remember to put my thumb inside a cup so that I, when I was pouring my hot water, I wouldn't um, spill it over. I had to remember to place my drinks at the back of the counter so when I turned around, I didn't knock it over on top of the counter. I had to be very careful in doing my laundry and making sure that one red sock didn't get in that load. You know, those little things became a challenge for me that I had to overcome. 
But the truth is this, and Melanie, I just know that this is something that you understand. If I take every single thing to my Lord, no matter yes. how small, he will come through for me. Amen. And he's shown himself to be true over and over. What that says to me, Heidi, is that you've had to learn resilience and compensatory skills. That's a word that I've learned over my life is when I had my stroke at age two, it has impacted my left hand and my left side. And so I've had to learn things differently. And you just do it because you don't have any other choice. But those are called compensatory skills. And you've done that. And that shows your resilience. Like, I'm not going to let this slow me down. I'm going to figure out another way to do it. It may not be the same way everyone else does it. But this allows me to continue to participate fully in life. Absolutely. And you just made me think of something else. There's another aspect to this, and it is not drawing attention to myself. Um, God does not expect me to whine and complain and bellyache. If he's in control, then I need to stop. That is not my purpose. And nobody else needs to know the struggles that I go through in a minute daily basis. But the big picture is, yes, I need to be helpful and helping people see that you can overcome. Yes. That's why we do these stories. We are going to face all kinds of challenges in life. And if the enemy has anything to say about it, he wants it to stop us, to defeat us, to, as you mentioned, define us, to kill our dreams and say, I can't right. do it anymore. Right. But we have God and God says, you know what? Jesus, my son, he overcame death and sin. And if he can overcome, then I'm going to help you overcome too. That's the purpose of our stories is to give hope and a, a real life application of when you face struggles, I'm going to continue to live life fully. And that speaks volumes. Yes. And I want to go back to choosing joy. I hope that your listeners understand this has not happened overnight. This is a journey. Yes. It took mornings after morning after morning of trying to figure out what I was going to be thankful for that day to get to this place. No matter the circumstance that the listener is going through, it doesn't matter what it is. It will not happen tomorrow. But I do know this one thing. If I allow self-pity, discouragement, and despair to be a part of my vocabulary and my mindset, I cannot fully function. It doesn't, I don't mean fully function as far as uh, getting things done. However, sometimes I do find that my frustration is greater when I have not taken the time to choose Joel. It is all about focusing on God. What can God still do with my life? And I believe he has found something for me. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to invite you, if you're willing, to come back for another episode and let's talk about the joy because I think that's something very valuable for all of us to be reminded of, or if that's not something that a listener has ever considered, for, for that to be something new to be introduced to. So would you come back for another episode? I would be honored. Excellent. Well, Heidi, this has been a joy to uh, spend time with you and hear your story and hear how God has just done some amazing things through your life since you faced a very big challenge. Thanks for being here. I genuinely appreciate your time. And I know that you are doing your giftedness and I appreciate that. 